0: Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Um, a fair bit to get into this week, we've got two new Island men's coaches in Ryan Zico Black and Dave Merris. Their appointment um, confirmed last week. Uh, we've also had, well, a big doubleheader at the KG5, weather-enforced doubleheader at the KG5 um, in the Premier league to look back on and a great point for GFC on the road. Um, I'm Tony Curran With me to do all that is Gareth Brevo. Hi, Tony. And James Faller. Hi, Tony. Still uh, recovering from a hefty Twitter debate at the weekend, Jim. We'll come on to that. Reeling. <laughs> Reeling. Let's start, though, with uh, the big news of the week, which, of course, is uh, the confirmation of Guernsey's new Ireland men's senior coaches. I say coaches because it is a joint management team, Ryan Zico-Black and Dave Merris, um, given the job. Um, before we get a bit of reaction, let's hear what they had to say. Um, Gareth caught up with them down at the Aztec Centre.
1: Congratulations, guys, on your appointment. Um, what made you sort of think this was the right time to apply to this role? role. Big role. Um, that came up uh, it was a good
2: opportunity I think um, for our stages where we're at in our careers sort of football management was always something that we kind of both um, really wanted to go into um, so yeah good opportunity and wanted to go for it
1: How's the dynamic going to work here though between the two of you?
3: Uh, we weren't going to the job if we didn't think the dynamics were going to work <clears throat>
1: um,
3: obviously both with a uh, vast amount of experience playing Coaching wise, um, so we would not have going for the job if the dynamics were not work. It's <clears> all <throat> so you going to be sort of the lead role. Or are you going to be very much um, sort of as a partnership? No, very much joint, joint decisions. Um, there will be um, coaching staff around us as well. So if there is a, d- a decision that we don't like from each other, there is obviously a, a third part that we can go towards that obviously help with that decision. You got a particular sort
1: of philosophy?
2: I you mean, know, to sort of play decent football. Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to play decent football. You know, attacking football, um, pressing, and being dynamic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, of course, that's what we what we aim to do. Um, but you know, we know that we will be judged on results, uh, and that ultimately we want Guernsey football to be successful, uh, which means winning. Um, so,
1: and how do you rate the sort of
2: the,
3: the players you'll have at your disposal? Um, I think we're very good. <clears throat> Obviously, with both me and Ryan, we're around the uh, GF, um, GFC kind of group, but also you we're know, also looking at other players as well. I think it's an opportunity for both of us to get um, some matches in, have a look at some of the players that are kind of on that periphery, but we're not saying that it's just the GFC. Yeah. So um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We look forward to watching some games and picking out some, a squad from that. True. And um the under twenty ones have
1: probably put a bit of pressure on you now, haven't they, with that great win on on the weekend.
2: I mean Cheers, something fellas. to follow up on. Cheers, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, you know, it was uh really impressed um, you know, with the with a lot of players in the twenty-ones. But, you know, they they got the win, they they dug deep, defended really well at times. Um playing against ten men can be difficult and challenging also. Uh, but I think that again shows that there's a lot of good young players coming through. Um, which which is brilliant and especially good timing for us. Um so we've got experienced players right across the board in Guernsey FC in the Prio league and a lot of good young players coming through in both as well.
1: Obviously as as Ryan said, you still do get judged on on the results, but I mean moracity is probably the big thing. But have you set yourselves any sort of specific goals aside from from
3: that one big one? <coughs> obviously we've got the a Allen games Ireland games coming up as well next one. So um well then we obviously Focusing on, once the Moratis are out of the way, then we'll obviously focus on Island games. <clears throat> and also we've, as a as a group, as a pair, sorry, we've looked even further along, along the field. So kind of um, the ethos throughout, kind of from a senior working his way down 21s and lower and kind of having that kind of <clears throat> standardised kind of ethos throughout the kind of entire Guernsey football, really. Yes. Um, so yeah, long term, there's more than just Moratis and Island games in our eyes. Sure. Mm-hmm. And question for both of you is: Is there the potential of being a, an island play manager in here? Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had that discussion. Um, if there's people that players that are in a position that are um, worthy of that position and role, then that they'll be just basically picked on merit. Um, so potentially, potentially not. Not really, kind of.
2: Yeah I think there's there's areas I mean that obviously my role you know my position being a centre midfielder you know we've got a lot of good options in centre mid- in centre midfield you know um there's less you know we'll be looking at options at fullback you know roles or wing back roles um but obviously Dave playing there and he's you know he's playing reg- regularly um, this season so we'll we'll cross that bridge um kind of when it comes together
1: and obviously um yeah you are having up any fixtures in the, in the very near future, so is it a case of quite a lot of scouts? I mean, obviously, like you say, you're involved in GFC. Will you be going to a lot of the pre games as well to sort of see what's available to you?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We'll try and get to as many games as we possibly can. Obviously, if, we, if we're unavailable, then we'll obviously um, look at our immediate coaching staff to see if we can get games and get scouting reports from them, look at individuals, etc. And obviously thinking about the semi-final as well. Um, so even getting reports on them, and what kind of their potential et cetera, they potentially formations they'll play. So, yeah, it's going to be busy times yeah. for both of us at the moment. Sorry. I was
1: going to say, sorry, you, you probably know what's needed in Alderney.
3: You can't go
1: there expecting anything but a battle.
2: Uh, absolutely not. And you've got to respect uh, them as well. You know, there's good, good football people in Alderney. Uh, we've got a lot of time for um, the, the group that are involved there. And uh, it's, it's a tricky place to go. So, um, you know, respect will be shown and um, we need to get the job done there first.
1: That's great, guys. Wish you
2: all
3: the best. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you. Ryan Seaco-Black and Dave Maris speaking to you there. Gareth, um, Jim, let me come to you for a bit of reaction. Uh, GFA getting their business done a bit earlier this season than last, which is good to see. But yeah, what do you make of the appointments? Well,
4: I mean, look, let's say, first of all, yeah, you got business done early. Um, uh, a very sound and robust process, I understand, which is Good bodes well, but also you know a, a changing of the guard that I think was was required. Um, you know, aside from a couple of minor breaks, effectively GFC has run the Island Marathi side since uh, since its formation, well was twelve years ago now. Um, you know, it was it's time to to bring through a new generation of coaches. And although this uh, this duo are still heavily involved with the club and, and rightly so, um, I, you know I look forward to uh, you know, to see seeing- What's going to happen now? You know, we have to enter a new era. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not necessarily holding a candle for, for Prio players to, to be involved. But, you know, it's time to, you know, perhaps sweep clean. And, and really, we, about time, we want a senior Marassi as well. So that's what we'll be uh, we'll be hoping for. But also, you know, and in saying that, you know, we ought to pay tribute to, you know, we've been so blessed to have three uh, amazing uh you yeah, know very experienced and senior coaches uh, who've, who've taken a stake in the island job from GFC you know they've served the club well they've served the island well uh, as, as well so uh, Tony Vance Colin Falllais and, and Steve Sharman can all take a bow as far as I'm concerned but you know it's time for us to move on and look for the next generation
0: yeah Gareth what did you make of uh, of what well, I suppose what they had to say and uh... I, I was
1: just absolutely delighted to be dealing with a couple of island coaches who just had huge smiles on their faces for taking on the road. I mean, I know that the last couple of years, Tony, both you and I have been sort of like down to interview Tony Vance when he's been sort of named as almost like the interim manager and it's almost a case of... Who else was going to do it, you know, from from our point of view and perhaps his point of view. But um, it was just just it felt so fresh and new just to go and see two coaches who are willing to take on the role and really, really want to get their teeth stuck into it. It is very obvious when speaking to Dave in particular that, you know, he's looking long term. He's talking about Island games and we've only just come out of one Island game. So that's sort of a couple of years down the road and just so to have that sort of ambition and foresight is just uh, I think it's just it's just really refreshing really
0: yeah absolutely uh, well to get a bit more uh, reaction to the news and then talk about some of the other uh, burning issues this week um, we caught up with well former uh, Ireland manager in Kevin Graham uh, now based in Spain of course but keeping very much in touch with what's going on here and someone who well knows both uh, Ryan Zico Black and Dave Merris um, uh, reasonably well as well so um, yeah we caught up with him a little earlier on and I began by asking just for his reaction Action to the news
5: yeah I'm very pleased and very excited about the appointment I think that they're two widely respected or sorry they're, they're respected far and wide to tell you the truth not just in, in Guernsey football um but but you know a long way beyond um, and it's important that Dave's had time in the island to understand the culture understand the importance of Marathi football um and built some already what well, from what I understand, some very strong uh, links and, and relationships with local players, coaches and administrators. So yeah, they're, they're, their background in the game uh, is, you know, it, it combines experience, you know, uh, at, a, at a very high level. Um, but they both understand Marathi football and understand Guernsey football really, really well. So I'm really excited. It's, uh, if I was a player, I would be I would be extremely excited.
0: That's really good to hear and I know you um, you know Dave from a, a way back in uh, in the north of England just just tell us about your experience with him your your, your kind of your memories of him as a player and, and, and when you come across him
5: yeah I, I didn't actually know him personally I met him for a coffee in the summer actually in Guernsey when I was across but I didn't know him personally I mean he's a face that you come up up against uh, and yeah look he, he was he was a very very tidy left back when I first knew him when I first played against him. Um, I think I played against him when he was at York, and living it around York, I, I, I got a lot of um, a lot of feedback from the fan base about about him. I even got a message the other day from from a former neighbour of mine, who's a big York City fan, and he's he's very he was very um, very much a favourite when he was at York. Um, I actually think that we both came through about the same time and I, I i vaguely remember he 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 doesn't remember this so whether or not i, I might my timings wrong or not i don't know but i think we both went to harriet town uh training together um very very early on and and i think the question was asked you know where have you, where have you played before kevin they might as well have asked me you know you know, little, what planet have you been on, Kev? Because as soon as I said anything about Guernsey, they kind of switched off and <laughs> didn't, make, didn't make any any uh, any impact on them. Whereas Dave said, "Yeah, well, I think I've been a bit of Rotherham United." And it's it, if it was either Dave was Dave was another left back about the same size um, who, who looked very much like him. And anyway, um, he I came up against him I think maybe two three times probably. Over the years, he, he played at higher level. I maybe one one point was a bit, bit higher level than him, but um, yeah, very very widely respected and and and, he, and and he could he could dish out as well um, in terms of on the pitch as well. He uh, he wasn't it uh, wasn't the shy retiring kind of um, character out on the pitch.
0: Yeah, it seems like a really nice blend um, between the two of them in terms of obviously yeah, local experience, wider experience. Um, yeah, kind of recent playing or, or ongoing playing experience um what's your thoughts on on joint managers though how, how do you think uh they'll get on as a as a double act
5: um difficult to say i mean I, i've only ever been either number one or number two um i've never never had that parity in terms of like the decision making uh and, and the combination of partnership i think first of all you've got to have two pretty humble guys and they, they are that that neither of them are you know uh, co- come in with huge egos that they don't. They don't lack confidence, but they don't. You know, they're, they're really, really good human beings. Uh, I'm sure that is something that they've talked about at length uh, in terms of how the dynamics might work, and you know, who, who brings what particular strengths to the to the team. Uh, and you've also got to factor, You've got to factor in the possibility of Dave playing because, from what people tell me, he is um, he's still um, you know still warrants consideration in the starting that. Uh, so uh, yeah I think I think it'll be an interesting dynamic. I, I have to say I, I, I often I, I very rarely look back and, and, and think on partnerships that worked well. Uh, I think in football in general, if you look back through history there are very few that, that actually works work well, but then this isn't this is a unique situation. Uh, and I, I see no reason why they can't be really, really successful.
4: Kevin, did you, uh, in your experience of dealing with Zico, did you ever see him as a, a potential coach? I know, obviously, his yeah. peak years. Uh, you know, you, you uh, neither of you were in Guernsey, really. But did you think that, uh, that Zico would be a, the kind of guy to step up?
5: Absolutely, absolutely. I can tell you when I thought that as well. On the on the boat coming back from from Jersey after winning the Marathi in two thousand and twelve, we we had a, a conversation um, to one side. We we both had a beer in our hand, but we were probably a little bit less less jolly and um and uh animated as, as some of the other players and, and the people on the boat at that point but we had a good conversation at that point and it was really clear and i think i said to him then i'm so pleased that you're back at the island to share you know a, a, the experience that you've had in the game with with young players with teammates with with just everyone who goes football and um he's uh he's a He's a really, really intelligent football guy. Really, really intelligent football guy. he would probably come across and be the first to say he's not—he's not necessarily the most academic, or um, um, uh, you know, he, 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 his, his intelligence lies within his ability to understand the game. You could see that when he played, um, but you could, but even more so, you could—you could understand that as as someone who who worked with him in that in that team when you had a, a five-minute conversation with him to the side to talk about the setup of the team, to talk about the players, to talk about how things were going, he, he, he just had really, really intelligent input. Um, and, yeah, I've I've long hoped that he would get involved in coaching at Heimberg and Um, Kevin, in
1: terms of um, what their sort of first obstacle is, I suppose we're looking... I'm sure the, the two guys will want to get a couple more fixtures in before they hit their sort of competitive debut, but obviously that, that will be... Alderney in, in early spring I mean it, are you able to perhaps give them a bit of advice or sort of like what they'll be looking to um, to get from in terms of their squad and, and what they want to take over there because I imagine GFC will probably have a game that weekend too so there's obviously that sort of um, dynamic that, that needs to be factored into those uh, to those fixtures
5: yeah uh, I mean I don't I'm not sure about advice I can really just speak to the experience that I had and um, I, th- I think uh I think it's well documented at the time we pretty much split the playing resources uh, you know to GFC and, and, and Guernsey up and hold any other day. Um but I I was under no no or, or I made sure the players were under no illusions that we were going to go up there and do a job and be incredibly um positive and, and pretty cutthroat about how we went about business and, and that was, that was what we did that day. So I think just to keep things simple and, and to keep things really really clear in mind that um, you've got to give the best of yourselves when you go up there. There's no, there's no no divine right when you go up and play there. Whether there's a you know a force eight blowing or it's chucking it down with rain or there's just a really partisan crowd um, stood on the sidelines. It's it's, a, it's actually a great occasion uh, up there, and uh, you know you should enjoy it, but you should go up there with a very very clear. Um, idea in your mind of the success that you want to you want to achieve on
4: that day. Apart from the two years where you did the Moratti, basically it's been there's been a GFC link. Uh, with Chris if you're just coming out of GFC at, at the time in the coaching uh, setup in the Moratti, which arguably has not been a surprise to anybody. Do you uh, do you think now though? However, I, know, I appreciate you know Dave and Zico are still. Uh, GFC players but do you think that actually you know moving away from that um uh falalaiss advance uh shaman Triumvir at the time had, had come to to uh, definitively make a move towards a new generation of coach
5: i do i've got quite strong views on this to be honest and it, and it's just i hope it comes across as just it just born out of common sense right you, you have the same voice for you know a long period of time in any facet of life in any, in any walk of life, then, you know, complacency kicks in, um, you know, the, the, the familiarity does breed contempt to some extent. And th- this is set up really, really well for, for Zico and and Mers to just pre- create something different, to create, to give the players something different, which hopefully acts as a catalyst to them. Um, you know, just, just enjoying the change, enjoying the opportunity, relishing the challenge that Marathi Football brings and, and and with a couple of different voices and, and, and a different mentality. It, it, it's really important also to say that although Vance is no longer or, or is not the Marathi manager this year, um, he's going to play a massive role in this process. Like n- neither neither Zico or, or Mez uh, will look at it any other way. They, they know the qualities that Tony brings, the influence that he has, his ability to... To help this group be successful and to regain the Maratti parts, um, so whilst I think it represents that freshness and that opportunity to to to, to give the players something different um, at the end of the season, it's also something that we need to recognise. And, and you know, I, I personally believe that um, Tony should be you know, Tony will be, I'm sure, consulted and, and they will discuss many, many times over a beer or after games or whatever, and um, what they're doing. And, and, you know, they don't necessarily need any help from him in terms of, he's, you know, he's not, uh, you know, he's had his time as a team manager. It's their type now. Um, but I'm absolutely certain that he will quietly in the background provide them with a level of support, which maybe Jersey Cal-Cal can't necessarily call upon at times.
0: Um, let's talk style of football because we uh, we enjoyed last week, very happy to enjoy and, and celebrate an under-21 Marathi win, um, which was uh, scrappy at times, uh, it's fair to say, um, backs to the wall um, to a degree. Uh, Jim offered some thoughts on that on last week's pod, which I think uh, <laughs> drew your attention, Kev. Uh, my, my WhatsApp was burning. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, I mean? Do you think you know someone like Zico clearly uh, has um, sort of blessed Guernsey football with, um, with with a kind of an elevated style of play that that, that we've enjoyed um, particularly in this time at GFC. Do you think though it's got to be sort of back to basic stuff in terms of uh, how they set up a side for Alderney and then hopefully Jersey.
5: I don't think it has to be any particular way. I think the first thing you've got to understand is the resources that you've got at your disposal and the environment you're going to play in, the pitch, the conditions, the opponents. I think you've got to take it all into context on on any one-off fixture. So, Alderney will be a different challenge to you know assuming we're successful in the semi-final, which I'm absolutely certainly will be, um, to to the final. So, style of football is I I I I sometimes um responding the way i did to jim last week which was to to, to go to him and say he's a long time friend and former former teammate of mine on another slot um but you know I, I i put to him that it's it's very difficult to um please everyone so you can't go out there and play the type of football every game and in every big big occasion and that will give you the best chance of winning 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 a game of football um, I think there's been times in previous years, in recent years, when we've played football, um, because that's been the right decision because we've had a team of technically gifted players going to play on a good playing surface. And it probably gave us the best opportunity of, of winning on the day, whether we did or not. But you, you my, my, view is always, you know, particularly in one-off football and, and in senior football, you have to be able to do things uh, and, 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 and react to what's presented with you. I don't think it's a case of impressing a, a kind of fixed philosophy on the opponents. I think it's a case of play, play the day and play the day to get the result, play the opponents, play the conditions. And um, I think you've got to be cute about how you go about that. So there's more than one way to skin a cat and football match. I think the under twenty ones clearly did that the, the other day. And I was so pleased to see that. And of course, there'll be a lot of people myself included who are watching goal line clearances from, from, you know, not just Archie Drillow and, and the defensive defensive players, but some of the the attackers back in there. Um, you know, which is wonderful to see that that mentality, and that hunger to defend. And you have to have that on Marathi right Day. You have to have everyone who has the hunger to do the ugly stuff. And I, I can't, you know, there's an example that always springs to mind the the first first game that I was in charge of first final I was in charge I'll, I'll never forget Ross Allen, who had a relatively quite gained by his standards, doing the kind of work that made sure that we won and dominated the game and deep in his own half, doubling up on, on one of their, you know, one of their fullbacks getting forward. And that, that's, that's being a successful footballer and, and contributing to, a, you know, what was an impressive team performance. So some people might say, well, Ross Allen should be, should be doing this, that and the other, because he's technically such a gifted footballer, which he absolutely is. But on that day, you know, those those key moments in the game when perhaps they might have had a seen a little window of opportunity to get back in the game, you know, we locked it short because of the work that he did and his teammates did. So long answer, but you you've got you, I, I, I would I wouldn't like to ever think that people expected that people saw me as someone who expected us to play um a certain way of football all the time.
4: I think the, the issue, Kev is that, you know. I think we all appreciate we'll take a win, however it comes. I think the the the, the issue for those who sat through ninety minutes on uh, last Sunday was that we lo- we seemed to lose our way so badly. That was the you know, we, we were playing okay, we took the lead, and then we're playing against ten men, and suddenly we couldn't do anything to get out of our own half, or even if we could, just kind of launch it. And uh, sadly, I've seen us play in that way in Marathi's a few times before. Uh, so it was, it was more that really to so say that we, you know. How did we manage to lose our way? And then eventually we re- found our mojo. I guess, you know, I mean, uh, the players have said that Jersey changed their tactics, set up a bit differently, set up some new problems that we struggled to cope with for, for a while. But it was definitely, you know, from being at half-time thinking we're on top here, here we go, to suddenly we were going to lose the game. And that's what bothered people.
5: Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And, and uh, you know, it's important to say that what the players and how the players executed the game plan on the pitch might have been different to how Geordie set them up or Geordie was asking them to play in that particular moment of the game. But so many factors influence, um, phases and key moments in games, you know, so it's a, there's so many decisions to make out of the football pitch and so many small, small, um, uh, you know, percentage calls that can change um the confidence of a player to do a certain thing the confidence of a group of players to do to play a certain way or to, to enact you know and execute in in the way that the coach wants them to and sometimes players are learning you know we're all learning uh, there's a lot of excuse season. players who are still learning 10 11 caps into their careers in terms of how to deal with certain situations and the pressure that Marathi football brings i think the under 21s just face face that process and and you know i'm delighted for as i'm sure you guys are that we came out on the site with the result um, and maybe the fans and the, the onlookers looked at it and thought that we weren't playing or, or we'd just gone back to a very basic style of almost sort of football with fear. Um, but maybe they were just trying to find their way through the game and, um, you know, the, the the principles of how Geordie wants to play, it sounds like they got control of the game again uh, and they reacted, like you say, to the tactical changes in game that came from the jersey, jersey technical body. So. Uh, you know it, it, the game like i said there's so much more to the game than just you know meets the eye uh, initially and uh you know i understand your point point, and, and if you keep making the same mistakes there's a problem right keep making the same mistakes you keep making the same decisions and you keep getting the same results that's when there's a problem but if it happens once or twice um for those players and they learn from it then uh, it's been a, a worthwhile learning experience <laughs>
0: The other talking point that's come out of it, um, which again Jim's been at the centre of over the weekend, um, uh, is the uh, the issue of, of uh, refereeing in Marathis and whether well, there's an argument from from Jersey this weekend that uh, that, that neutral officials should be um, employed in in all Marathi games. I think at every age group, we'll probably come onto it. You know, when we when we chat separately as well uh, with Jim, but uh, Kev, any thoughts on on that? And from past experience, I mean. What do you yeah,
5: look, I'm the son of a referee, so I can tell you from personal experience that my, my my father couldn't have been more independent if he tried, and yet he's 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 a passionate adopted Guernsey man, a really really passionate adopted Guernsey man. But when he had a job to do, he, he, there was no way that there, there was never any question that that he, you know, he was in any way affected by local influence. Um, that doesn't mean everyone's the same um but you know referees have a difficult job I, personally i mean the martis that I played in and, and coached in um i was very pleased to see uh an independent referee from you uh, brought in from the uk um you can't do that with every age group um so yeah this is a difficult call i mean I, I gave referees a very difficult time because i i, I I felt it was my job to communicate with them. Let's say, <laughs>
4: communicate <laughs> with them. Yeah. We've we, we <laughs> all experienced your communication
5: on those fields, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably remember. Um, some people's ears still probably ring, but <laughs> the, I, I think you know. I think when I look at it dispassionately and from a position of you know being over here and 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 not not being anywhere, you know, at the coalface. Uh, look, referees have got a job to do, but I, you know, it's the players. It's the players really that define the result. That the, the, the referee very, very rarely actually defines, you know, or, or has any any role in determining the, the, the result. There might be key moments that feel like they are going one way or the other, but players win the football matches and they lose football matches. Or, well, maybe players win football matches and coaches lose them. I don't know. Probably a good place to finish. How's your golf going, Kev? <laughs> I'm actually playing this weekend at the Karlamos. Um, I oh, yeah. I've I played twice this year, so my my, my golfing life is um, is almost as non-existent as my social life. So.
0: <laughs> oh well, thanks so much for sparing a bit of time, Kev. Um, always a pleasure.
5: Like, likewise, likewise. Oh, I, you know, keep asking me. I love I love doing it. It keeps me connected with you know a place i I feel very passionate about. And um, yeah, I can't I can't wait to see how those two do. Um, and, I, and I love what you guys are doing with this podcast. It's amazing. I really I, you know, I can't tell you how I'm trying to do it. It's brilliant.
0: No, oh, much appreciated. Um, yeah, well, thanks again, and we'll catch you soon.
5: Thanks, bye. Take care. Bye.
0: Kevin Graham speaking to us there. Um, yeah, always good to get the thoughts of Kev on uh, on local football. Um, we mentioned it there, Jim. Uh, one of the topics that's perhaps been uh, kind of lighting up Twitter, local Twitter over the weekend is this, uh, this debate around neutral refereeing sparked by an opinion piece in the Jersey Evening Post over the weekend. Disgusted was the word <laughs> used on, on reading it. Do you stand by that? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, I think that
4: uh, particularly the way that they came across I mean it's it's couched obviously in terms of you know no disrespect to the referees have got a really tough job you know all that kind of stuff but in essence if you're starting to, if you're saying hmm two blokes got sent off and we lost the game isn't it time to have neutral referees then I feel you're coming at it from an angle that's that you know that says basically we're upset with the result it's the classic anti-var kind of uh response from people who always say no disrespect to the rest what a difficult job they've got however let's get something better you know because var hasn't worked he says that you know neutral referees across the piece you know there's there's a uh, kind of three points that i was uh, raising really one but if you're going to uh, say it's time to replace local referees, and by that they're saying let's get rid of Jersey officials for their home games as well. Well, you're trashing the reputation of every ref there because you're saying, basically, these games are too are too big for these guys. It's time to get other people in. I don't think that's the case at all. Like Kevin says, you know, players lose Moratis, referees go there to do a job. And that leads me on to my second piece. Anybody who believes that any official in any... Interinsula has got a shade of of red or green on them uh, on that day, is way out of order. You know, you are there in your third team, you're wearing black, right, and that's the only people that you care about. You know, I did flag up, remember in the Marathi, we were denied a last-minute equaliser by the the, uh, offside flag of the Jersey linesman. I'll tell you what, he wasn't thinking, oh my God, Guernsey are going to get back in the game, quick, I'll put the flag up. He's saying, I think that guy's offside. I'm doing, you know, I've got to do my bit for my team and I'm going to put the flag up and say he's offside. You know, kind of thankfully, I guess, nobody can conclusively say that uh, whether that call was right or wrong. But I tell you, it was made with the best intentions not to to cheat. And it's just, you know, it's kind of depressing when, when you know people want, want to you know, come out with that line it, it's it's just it's cheap knee-jerk reaction stuff you know the referees do the job and my final point is that you know these are the mostly the biggest games that the referees get to do and you know why should they be denied that because a certain people think it could be done a better way you know again I, in my view it's taking us back down this var argument which doesn't always prove to to be a massive
0: success yeah, it does feed into a wider discussion. That's that's not necessarily the most healthy, is it? I mean, I think it's uh, ironic as well that it's prompted, or it was prompted by, this piece was prompted by the under-21 Moratti, which I thought actually, whilst it was reffed um, reasonably strictly, uh, it was pretty even-handed. And I don't think, you know, yes, the, the first yellow was fairly soft, but anyone who's played football knows if you're on a yellow card, you can't make the second tackle. And whether that, that player is 18 or... 38 um you know you've got to walk and, and that's an important part of learning the game for, for that player as well so um yeah
4: i mean jersey might want to start looking at themselves and saying why are we getting so many players sent off in uh in international football you know they always play on the card that it's guernsey it's the underdogs it's guernsey that are putting the challenges in you know the reducers etc well, at the moment the, the stats don't seem to back it up do they I just wonder, on on this particular thing, having
1: read the the piece in the New Jersey Post, I think it mentions the fact that Barry Beaton, who's the the lad who got sent off, he'll actually miss a junior morality because of that sending off? Apparently so. I think that's perhaps the one issue I would have with it. I think that seems extremely harsh. Uh, Having seen his two yellow cards at the time, I I don't have a problem with them, you know, I mean uh, like you say Tony, once you're on that yellow card, the second challenge is almost an orange anyway, but that's perhaps by the by. Um, I can understand that I I think it would be, I think it's wrong that he misses a junior ratty in March April because of a two yellow card sending off in November. That's the one issue I have with it. Um, The referee neutrality thing You know that uh, I I don't see that ever happening. Certainly not in age group Marathis. I I just don't think it's needed. I mean, it's it's one thing in in a senior Marathi when when you've got five thousand people there, but. I mean, there'll always be a bit of conjecture, I suppose. But
4: well, I mean, the questions posed, senior seniority. Why do we have a, a neutral official on that game? Then, well, the reason we do is because in 1905, when the first game was played in Jersey, there was a Guernsey official. Guernsey won one 0 and the Jersey crowd rioted. Uh, so that <laughs> is why we have a <laughs> we have a, an impartial official in the middle, and that's you know why that's going to continue to be. To, to my mind, there's only two reasons why you would replace local officials from. These games. One, because you don't trust them. Secondly, you think the game is too big for them, mm. right? Now, perhaps maybe the senior Merati, certainly in the days when the crowds were like 13,000 and stuff, arguably argue, there's a case to say that game is a little bit too big, you know, if, and when, with everything that rests upon it. So, but you know, that's been set in stone now for more than 100 years, and we're fine with that. Any replacement of any other official in any other game feels like a bit of a smack in the face to me, to be honest. Take on board what you say, Gareth, about the, the repercussions of, of events. Um, you know, those of us, the three of us probably have long enough memories to remember when Dave Rioi was sent off uh, in Alderney uh, for a you know, um, controversial uh, decision as well. And, of course, he went on to miss the Marathi. I've refereed the uh, the Marati semi-final in Alderney I tell you what, it, it plays on your mind. You know, the game, I mean, my game was a one sided affair. However, there was one player from Jersey who was taking me to the level in terms of consistent poor behaviour. And I'm thinking, I, you know, I really want to deal with this, but I can't send him off because then this store this game ceases to become uh seven goal jersey triumph. It's uh oh, referee uh you know, takes takes action to deny us of our best player in the uh, in the final. Faller so at it again. So <laughs> I know. So that's that suspension uh, matter is you know, okay, and particularly as you know, that his ban should then be for eighteen. So I mean what about if it was a twenty one year old? who's never going to play under-21s again, what's he getting banned from? Mm. Uh, you know, I suppose that it would be instructive to, to know what the rules are and to see maybe a bit of consistency in the piece. But, you know, if you got sent off in the star trophy, what are you going to get suspended for next? Because mm. you're only going to play perhaps one, one star trophy game. So there are lots of things wrapped up yeah. in it. But at the end of the day, I'll tell you that... that The officials for the match, Jersey and Guernsey. It's a great opportunity for us all to work together, but we are all doing it, being of one team. Absolutely, and just you know, to me, although they didn't overtly say it, the implication is you can't trust these referees, and 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 that that you know sticks in my crawl. Disgusted.
0: Will you will you be having your say in the JP in response? <laughs> <laughs> Keep my powder dry. Like that. <laughs> um, okay, let's briefly look at the action for the weekend then, because there was a bit of it despite the rain. Um, we'll come to GFC in a moment because they're away from home. Um, but uh, down at the KG5, managed to get two games on Jim um, and a couple of wins um, for the teams uh, at the top.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, look at the uh, the score lines: you know, Rovers four, Sylvans one, Valek four, Rangers nil. You know, this is pretty standard, fair for you know, t- t- top four versus bottom four. However, might, neither I didn't see the whole of either game, but not, neither game really went like that. Certainly, uh, I arrived um, it was the first game when Rovers were two nil up. Sylvans scored for two one, and you know, at one point you thought, oh, yeah, could be a bit of a, a, a surprise on here um just goes to show though both games really how the lesser team can control the the the, the better team on that surface on that size of pitch it definitely does uh, does have an impact um i mean i think re- re- uh, some us can f- feel proud of their performance though rovers certainly you know in the, the weather was at its best at in that point of the day as well so there was no howling gale across or down the pitch but rovers unlike the way that they played against rangers 2 weeks earlier when they hoofed it long and out of play countless times they played through the you know through the thirds this time round and i thought they were um, you know uh, good value, and a lot of people were saying, Hey, this is more like the Rovers that wins championships, so be interesting to see how they take that on and perhaps what they do into the stranger. Wreck um, were you know the kind of force that one's expecting to be now, and uh, although Rangers defended stoutly uh, for a good while, you know, eventually, you know, Rec's power and pace particularly came to the fore in the last 10 15 minutes, they they ran away with it. Well, yeah, but two you know, two interesting games, and the other thing is two good crowds as well. There was a Five o'clock youth tournament at the KG. So that by the time that, that um, rec Rangers game finished, there was an awful lot of people down there. It made me wonder, when was the last time Rangers had a crowd this big for a Prio game?
1: <laughs> so I was going to say, it was probably when uh, Sylvans actually won their ninth title in a row at St. Andrews. I've never seen so many people packed around a, a pitch which has no stand. <laughs> that, <laughs> I do remember that one quite, uh, quite well. It was a, an e- April evening, I think it was six o'clock kickoff that time
0: oh well um those games uh managing to get on at the kg5 things are oh, well supposed to get a little bit drier over the next few days but we'll see uh whether uh, that does anything to the pitches um some interesting games coming up um Rec have got uh sylvans next and after that they go to saints um leon meekins st martin's um so we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that of course um saints north um didn't make the cut did it on friday night um quick word on gfc gareth i know you've just watched the highlights. Mm-hmm. um uh, Probably a point that no one would have expected GFC to take away at uh, high flying Southall.
1: I was going to say for sort of two weeks on the trot, they've they've earned a point, and the first one we were really disappointed with the point when it was against Corinthian Casuals at home, where we really should have picked up three. And then to hear sort of Saturday afternoon that they'd managed to get a point at Southall, I'm absolutely delighted for the, for the Green Lines. That's a really good result. Um, funnily enough, I've, I was just having watched the highlights. The Southall goal was actually pretty similar to the Corinthian Casuals goal from a week earlier, which one of those awkward bouncing shots from just outside the box, which. Uh, Uh, Josh Addison didn't quite manage to sort of push around the post, but to be fair to him, later on, he's made a couple of absolute brilliant saves. There's one absolute world he's made... uh uh, in the second half, um, and yeah, it's great to see uh, young Owen Woolbridge get on the score sheet for his first goal for the club in the second half. He was um, pressurising a defender who then underhit his back pass, and he managed to sneak in and product past the goalkeeper to equalise sort of midway through the second half. And it's a great result for the GFC side. I think only had twelve men available to them for that game, so that's that really is a point gained rather than uh, anything lost.
4: The thing is, they still need to, you know, I mean, that's a great result, absolutely, but they've got to be turning those. Points against teams at the bottom of the table into wins because points, draws all the time don't really get you anywhere. It's about three points in the you know in the basement battles yeah. and then nicking the odd point here and there is is yeah is what takes you into mid table as, as as you often say, Jim, in, in terms of
1: cricket terms. But two wins out of five games is better than five draws, isn't it? And so um, yeah, you've got to get those those wins and uh, pick up three points, sort of a couple of times a month rather than you know picking up the odd point here and there is what's needed um I'm, but I think that uh, result on on Saturday um should be a good confidence booster for the for the lads
0: absolutely and it's well the first game in what is a hell of a run um for GFC. they go to Chertsey weather permitting um, on Tuesday night, Chertsey in fourth place in the table. Then it's Uxbridge at Foots Lane on Saturday, Uxbridge 6th in the Istrian South Central. Um, then it's a trip to Leatherhead, who are third, and then uh, Rains Park, fail the league leaders um come to footside in the next game on the 9th of December so um yeah if they can get through this with uh, well with a couple more points i will take it
1: i think the, the way this gfc mentality is i think they've got more chance of getting more points out of these games than those ones where they're expected to win at home against teams in and around them because last couple of times they you know They know that they're expected to win and they haven't really been able to produce what they need to. Whereas these games are almost, you know, nothing to lose encounters. They're they're not expected to get great results out of them. So, you know, go and give them a a good go against those chasing the, the playoff and top
4: spots. So wasn't that really the, the basics of how Vale Rec have, have started to get to where they are today, mm. you know, uh, being very well organised, very well set up, and then hitting teams with pace on the counter, except now they're moving into the next stage of that where it, they are now expected to set the running in more than half of their mm. of their fixtures, and actually you know they're starting to turn their hand towards uh, doing that effectively as well. So well, I they, they are, you know, one thing you say when you see – uh, Veil play nowadays, you realize they are genuine contenders for the title
0: yeah rec host sylvans on saturday uh, weather permitting its rangers against st martin's alderney against north and on friday night bells rovers and we'll see uh, how many of those get on as we say gfc away on tuesday night back home at footstain against uxbridge on saturday in a 1:30 kickoff um we'll be across all of those here at the guernsey press um so uh, stay with us uh, in paper uh online and uh with the podcast as well we'll be back next monday um, with another guernsey press football podcast so uh, yeah for now thanks guys thanks to Rehoy and see you next time